Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. So welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we're agents with Codal Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. Yes, we are. Some, it, summer is winding down. It's starting to get a little fall. It is. I only had to take out half the tomato plants this morning, so only got bitten up by like 75 million mosquitoes, but... It's bad. Yeah, it's bad outside. So if you're going outside, make sure you cover up the skin so that way you don't get carried off. So one of the biggest... I guess, controversial points of, you know, do I want to do it as a buyer? Do I need to do it as a seller? You know, pros and cons is home inspections. So Carrie, who do we have in the studio? Well, I am super excited about this because Kyle is back. So Kyle is, has been one of my go-to home inspectors for the last four years. And he took a little vacation, which is fine because we all need a little bit of mental break from from life and but he's back so it was great to see on Facebook that Kyle is back and he's taking homes again so Kyle welcome thank you thank you for having me here it's actually really good to be back Um, I was uh, firing on all cylinders and uh, burning the candle at both ends of the stick for sure. And um, I know for a while you were doing, you know, three, four homes a day, seven yeah. days a week because, it, you know, they need the to get demand. done because of the time yeah. frame. Yeah. And we don't have that many home inspectors in the area. So, yeah. When your list is short. Yeah. And homes are selling like crazy. Yeah. And we're out there just trying to provide our service to everybody that we possibly can. Right. You know, knowing, right. Knowing that we have these time frames to deal with. So. Right. So it's been, took a little vacation. So how was the vacation? So what did you do? Um, so <clears throat> it was, uh, it was a much needed vacation. Um, I, I didn't actually realize that I needed it. Um, I, in hindsight, I realized I was actually getting burnt out. Um, and for, for, mm, I was licensed back in 2008. <clears throat> so I, from the very beginning, I've just been extremely passionate about the industry and I knew that it was a perfect fit for me, for my personality, for my experience, uh, growing up in construction. Um, and I just, you know, everybody, when I told everybody I was going to get licensed as a home inspector, um, everybody just knew it was just a, a match made in heaven cause it just, uh, who I am and I'm just articulate and kind of a perfectionist and, um, and also with my background in construction. So, um, it just was, uh, just, it just, it just was smooth sailing from day one, from That's day good. one. Yeah. I started my own company, um, in 2008 and then I bought out, um, a guy, uh, a company here in this area who I considered to be the leader in the industry, a veteran in the industry. Um, and he approached me and said, uh, I think you should buy my company. And, uh, along with that came five years of coaching. Um, by the guy who I had uh, a high level of respect for. So, oh, wow. Um, so he, uh, I was trained and educated, and then I was also coached by who I think is the, was the leader in the industry. So, and then from there, it just um, kept accelerating. Yeah. I know I've kept you busy on some you sure weekends. <laughs> yeah, you sure have. Yeah. And we always seem to find the interesting houses too. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, there's always, can you just sneak us in and I'll, yeah. I'll provide some cookies. I'll, I'll bring some treats. So that oh, way it kind of sweetens the deal a little it bit. It always sweetens the deal. You have the best <laughs> cookies and the best sweets. Oh, yes. that's for sure. Yeah. So you've been doing this since 2008. Yeah. And you're not with royalty. That's who you work that that's so, your company's name is royalty. Correct. Yeah. It's, and it was royalty from the very beginning. Um, and even when we bought that company out, I kept that name. Okay. And royalty came from, um, the concept that we, we really just wanted to treat our customers like royalty. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that was the, um, the inspiration behind it. Um, and it's spelled Royal capital T 
Um, I guess because my middle name is Thomas. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wanted something different, something that uh, gave somebody, you know, gave people to talk about, mm-hmm. you know, so. Oh, excellent. Okay. So when we have a buyer, because it's the, the buyer who's choosing the the home inspector. Yes. So as an agent, we always suggest at least three or two to three home inspectors. We sometimes hand, hand them a list of up to five. Um, they're able to pick, they pick you. Sure. And so nine out of 10 times, I'm going to be the one setting up that appointment for the buyer because we kind of know, we know what's going on with the house. Sure. So you can always ask the questions. We're going to have the answers where the buyer may not know of, you know, some of the nuances so that way we're not getting anybody into trouble for ordering more tests than what an offer says to do. Correct. So we always like to make sure that we set that appointments up. Sure. But once you get to the house, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you looking at first? Well, to be honest with you, um, what I find in the industry, um, and I have a pretty broad perspective of the industry as far as the different types of home inspectors that are out there, because I was on the board of directors um, for the state of Wisconsin for the Home Inspection Association. I was also vice president of our um, our chapter. And um, so I'm around a lot of other home inspectors. Um, and I, I really see a lot of home inspectors go in there with the attitude that I'm going to find out what's wrong with this house. Mm-hmm. And that's really not our job to do that. Our job is to make sure that our customers have a full comprehensive picture of the condition of their home. And so I do, a, I actually add um, a couple of different categories to my reports that um I guess I won't say all, but many of them don't have. Okay. Um, and one of those is a positive attribute um, because I like to make sure that they understand some of the really great things, um, whether they're great components in a home or just great features of a home, whether it's a, a nice patio that was installed or um, even things like flashings that um, were put in place to protect the home from water damage that I see you know, periodically that things that I see that tell me that the contractor understood what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I, it's my goal to give my buyers a full comprehensive picture of the home that they're buying. Um, I don't want to give them a long list of, of um, everything that's wrong and things that they have to fix. And of course that's included in that. Of mm-hmm. course that is, but I also, you know, the, these homes are people's dreams and they're, they're people's lives. And um, we always try to remind our buyers that these are gently used homes. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to be fresh, you know, full, freshly done. They're going to yeah. be gently used homes. When the home is already 102 years old, yeah, it's going to have some situations yep. with it. So yep. they're gently used. Mm-hmm. Even with a brand new construction, we always do encourage still a home inspection on a brand new home yeah. because- Again, maybe a contractor who was building that home mm-hmm. wasn't following something, yeah. and now we have an issue because maybe the floor is yeah. not level anymore, mm-hmm. and, and that needs to be fixed. And I can give you a couple of g- examples of that. <laughs> so um, a builder will come in and make sure you know that the home is built to code and all of that kind of thing, um, those kinds of things. One of the situations I ran into was this beautiful cherry kitchen, cherry cabinet kitchen. And the pantry door um, interfered with the wall. Okay. And you literally could not open up the door wide enough to open the, sh- the pullout shelves of the pantry. And this was a significant, this was not an easy fix. We're talking custom cherry cabinets. Oh, and those and are expensive. It, yeah. it was not a simple fix. And there was nothing in the code saying, Better make sure your cabinets work. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. You know, so things like that. Um, I, I know I have other examples um, as well. Um, well, we have seen it where, you know, the kitchen floor, yeah. it was not level. Right. It was a brand new build. Mm-hmm. It was like an inch and a half off from mm-hmm. one side of the house to the other side and brand yeah. new. I've seen um, situations where um, the laminate flooring was installed improperly. The seams on the flooring were gapped. They, you know, it just wasn't 
installed uh, to a, a professional workmanship manner. And in this case, it was about $3,500 worth of flooring that needed to come out. Yeah. And that's, you know, when you're trying to, when you're spending yeah. money, no matter if you're only spending $50,000 on a home yeah. or you're buying a three quarter million dollar home, mm-hmm. you still want things that are done right. Right. And, and people, the customers weren't aware of it. The agents weren't aware of it because the contractor went in and filled the seams in with a color match cock. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So he, he, the contractor was aware of it, um, you know, and it's, and you're buying it in, and this was on a $300,000 house, you know, yeah. so and people think, well, it's brand new. What can possibly be wrong? So do you start on the outside of the home? I mean, sometimes I, I can think of like maybe the winter time mm-hmm. you want to start on the outside. So that way when you're inside, you can like thaw out and sure. kind of, well, there's kind that. of the same thing in the summertime, you know, yeah. you start on the outside, you can sweat it all out yeah. and then go inside in the, in the air conditioning and just kind of chill a little bit while you're working. Yeah. That's uh those are the convenient aspects of it for sure. Um, actually from, uh, the, the, would you say technical standpoint? Um, one of the, the reasons we start on the outside, um, is because if I see, um, potential issues with, um, say a flashing that's not installed or something that wasn't visible, or um, I see some possible concerns with a window. It just kind of gives me an overall of the house. And then when I'm inside, I can look for, um, I can kind of follow up with, with those things that may or may not be of concern. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see maybe uh, a window that wasn't um, quite sealed up right. And then if I go inside and I'm scanning the wall for moisture or things like that, or maybe there's some visible water damage, but it, the overall on the exterior gives me a head up, heads up for what I want to look for in the in- interior, aside from, you know, just the general home inspection. It gives me that heads up for specific areas that I want to look for. So is it better to do the home inspection in the morning or in the afternoon or not really? It just, well, that's a great question. You know, that's a great question, Carrie. Um, because I know the, sometimes when we, like in the fall, I'm yes. going to use the fall as, as a good example sure. because we can, when you do the morning, the nice fresh, you know, frost is on the roof. You yeah. can kind of see those warm spots throughout yeah. the roof already. Yeah. So that's already indicating that we're having some sort of heat loss. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a bonus versus mm-hmm. if you came to the house in the afternoon, the sun heated all that up. Correct. We may not have that full picture. Yeah. But then again, you can't sit at a house all day long and babysit it and just kind of get it, you know, hug it all day long and go, okay, you're a good home. Yeah. So, so, um, there's a lot of different aspects. So, so, um, how deep do you want me to dive into this? Um, that this is actually part of the reason that we, that we follow a standard of practice for the state of Wisconsin, for what home inspectors are required to do. And, for what is not part of a home inspection because of our limitations in the, the limited amount of time that we can be at a house, you know, within reason. And so, um, the, there's benefits to different times of day and there's benefits to different seasons. Like, like Carrie was saying, like you were saying here, um, in the fall, you can see that frost. You can see where there's, um, heat loss in the winter. Uh, you can see where there's ice dams or, again, a, a more significant example of what heat loss would, would be. Do you need, uh, like, the homeowners to sweep the roof? Because you do go up on the roof. In the winter? All, not in the winter, I don't not believe. In, not because, usually. No. Sometimes. It all depends about how much snow is on yeah, top of there. Yeah. But, you know, you go up on the roof. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're crawling all over this house. Mm-hmm. So, do you ask for snow to get removed ahead of time or whatever the house looks like is how the house looks like. Yeah, correct. It, that's, we have to take it as the house is on the day of the inspection at the time of the inspection. Okay. Um, so there's nothing so, like a homeowner can do to make a, a house pass an expe- inspection. Um, Cause that's always the, the question. They, of can, it, they can make it helpful to us okay. as far as making things accessible like removing um, furniture away from basement walls so that way you can kind of see. Sure. Things like everything. that. Cleaning out closets so that I can get up in the attic access. Oh. So that there's, you know, I usually find uh, board games and pillows and blankets and clothing and things like that. Um, 
And so we always are very careful um, to not move personal belongings from the seller Mm -hmm. um, for liability reasons. And we don't know, um, you know, we never assume um, that a belonging is not of value. You know, it it could look like something normal to us. Um, I I won't even move a lampstand or anything like that. Um, um, And for good reason, you know, for all good reasons. Mm -hmm. And and we, we... are as respect respectful as we possibly can um, be toward the seller and their belongings in their home because this is their home that they're allowing us to go through. So, so how deep do you go into an inspection? Just, um, again, still walk us through. You start on the outside, mm-hmm. and, and what's next? So we document. Um, we document the condition of the, of the property as it sits. Um, we, we start on the outside and then we move to the garage. Um, if there is one, usually there is, whether it's attached or detached. Um, and then um, I start in the kitchen. Um, when I move to the interior, I always start in the kitchen. Um, I think not really for any specific reason, I guess. Um, but we, you know, I, I start there and then I'll move to the upstairs. Um, mainly because if I'm running the plumbing fixtures in the bathtub and things like that on the upper level, if there is a leak or something like that, um, it's going to show up on the main level, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so forth. So once I get to the inside, then we work from the top down and then work our way down into the basement if there is one okay. or the crawl space. Because that's essentially where the water ends up if there is a leak or, you know, something like that. So. Well, that's one of the biggest things that we found as a homeowner and, and we, you know, I keep coming back to this with a lot of our, our podcast and radio show stuff is managing water is one of the biggest things of a homeowner can do, you know, so to keep it where it's supposed to be and keep it out of where you don't want it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think the favorite home inspector phrase is, is check the gutters, clean the gutters, yeah. get the gutters away and go get your cock. Yeah. Cause there's always that $5 <laughs> fix and it's usually a tube of cock. Yep. You yeah. know, cock your bathtub, cock your windows, yeah. and just do the regular maintenance for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can spend five grand. Right. You always give us a choice. Yeah. Spend five dollars mm-hmm. for some cock, or go spend five grand for you know a new bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard to rack up five thousand dollars for a bathroom remodel. Oh no. At all. Nope. So. Yeah. Yeah. Especially then it gets into the stud work and in mm-hmm. behind that and oh yeah, mm-hmm. and the price of lumber is still, you know, up from where it used to be significantly. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually another good point too, Ben, um, you know, starting on the outside, that's like Carrie was saying, that's one of the things we look for is the rain gutters and you can have a rain gutter and you can have a downspout, but that doesn't mean you have the downspout extension that gets the water away from the foundation. And so many people believe that, you know, rain gutters are there so that the water doesn't drip on your head as you're coming into the house. Well, that is true. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> You're not wrong. That is also true. Um, but the main purpose of a rain gutter um, is to get that water away from the foundation um, to reduce that moisture. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's especially important on block foundations to reduce that moisture around the foundation. A lot of times you'll see block foundations that are pushed in or bowed inward. And I think a lot of people don't understand where that comes from. It's actually, this, it comes from over the years and years of the soil being saturated around the foundation. And then the, um, the, when it freezes during the winter months, because we live in Wisconsin, then the soil expands. And when it expands, that pressure, um, there's not much that's going to hold up to that pressure. So mm-hmm. especially a block foundation. So um, the, the rain gutters are more important for the health of a home than what people um, than the average citizen may think. Mm-hmm. So you document everything. I mean, you carry around a camera mm-hmm. during your inspection. So you take mm-hmm. hundreds of pictures mm-hmm. of these homes. Yeah. I think it's one of the most well-documented home. And if you have you for, for a home inspection, it is the most well-documented house. I oh, mean, thank you, you go into every single nook and cranny. And I really do believe that if your body can fit into it, you're crawling yeah. around in it. Yeah. Or you're sticking your hand, you know, in the hole to be able to get some pictures to be able to understand what's going on in that attic or mm-hmm. in the crawl space, that sort of thing. So when we get home inspection reports from you, you know, 
we'll kind of use the kitchen as the good example. You know, you're testing every single outlet Mm -hmm. that's in the kitchen. So if there's 32 outlets, you're testing 32 outlets. So in the kitchens, um, in, in some of the areas we do test as many of the outlets as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, we're as, as a home inspector and per the, the, the standards, we're not required to test every single outlet in okay. the home, simply a representative number of them. Obviously we want to test as many as, as we can. Um, a lot of times there is furniture in, 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 in front the of them, there's beds, there's nightstands, dressers, all kinds of stuff, couches. Um, so obviously we don't go crawling over things and, and thing, you know, we don't move people's furniture for that, you know, for that reason. Um, so if the house is vacant mm-hmm. and there's no lamps in the house whatsoever, and you're testing the living room, um, outlets and you're finding out that there's no power to it. Mm-hmm. Are you looking for a switched outlet? So that way mm-hmm. you can kind of go, okay, this, the top one is for this outlet over here, but then the bottom one is on this switch over on this side. So that way we're kind of understanding it. Cause others, yeah. I think the report would then have to say that it's, there's no power, that outlets are no longer working or. Yeah. So we do, um, we do go into, uh, problem solving to a certain extent like that. Okay. Um, obviously we want to rule out anything simple. In fact, my morning inspection just this morning, I had a, an outlet, um, at the front porch now that didn't have any power and it did have the GFCI and it didn't want to reset, but it didn't have any power, but the ones on the back and everywhere else in the house. And it was a beautiful home. Um, everything was great, but that one didn't. And I thought something's not right. And, and so I did a little bit of investigative, you know, and then found out that it was connected to the same, um, circuit at the overhangs where people could hang Christmas, Christmas lights. lights. And then I went inside and um, tried about five different switches and finally found the one. And then sure enough, it did have power. They just wanted to have that control with the switch inside. Um, Which so, makes sense. So mm-hmm. that way you don't have to go outside during, mm-hmm. you know, it's 45 below zero right. and go plug in the Christmas lights. You still want right. that. Is it mm-hmm. beneficial to, if we know that as a homeowner, we're going to be, the houses we vacant, we know we have switched outlets. Is it best to put up post-it notes for you of, hey, the top outlet is is a switched and it's over here on this side? Does some of that information help you so that way you're not going, you're not spending 45 minutes trying to find out why this, you know, I know you don't spend 45 minutes. Right. But, but that way it, it kind of helps you out as far as, okay, this is a unique situation for this house. Yeah. I think the unique situations like that would be helpful, but, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want people to get too carried away with it because most of your experienced home inspectors are just going to understand. Um, but there are some unique situations where we have questions, you know, like this is different, this is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually brings up another, um, another um, category that I have in my report where I have a, a category that's called inquire further, where there's, there's not necessarily anything wrong, but we don't necessarily quite know what that, pipe is in the basement, you know, of course we know what most of the pipes are, but every once in a while you'll come across something like for like that, you know, for example, um, uh, some homes will just have very unique things and there's not necessarily something wrong, but we want to say, Hey, um, maybe the seller knows or has a little bit more information. If they were planning for future plumbing somewhere, Mm -hmm. totally forgot about it because maybe they're the second owner. And they kind of know that, okay, this extra pipe is really for, you know, this addition if it ever came. Right. Or um, maybe the house had a new water supply put in and it looks like it was the old water supply. There's nothing connected to it. Um, It probably was. We don't know for sure. You know, that kind of a thing. I know our old house, we had a water spigot that led outside that did not work. Okay. And the pipe was cut off. And the spigot was there, but the pipe was still there. Nothing was really connected mm-hmm. because the finished ceiling, they just didn't want to take down the finished ceiling to remove the pipe. Oh, sure. So they just kind of left it there. They just left it. And it's just, it's a pipe sitting in the, in mm-hmm. the ceiling. Yeah. It doesn't we've, hurt anything. We've seen it too when a house gets converted from being on a well to uh, municipal water. Oh, sure. You know, and then they might keep the well to do irrigation or something, but still yeah. have the plumbing is still there. Mm-hmm. Neat. Um, I, I know our house in particular here, um, in our garage, 
on a weird, it's like six foot up is a light switch. Okay. Didn't do anything. So as I was insulating our attic, spending like, you know, 10 hours just doing that, I came across an extra set of wires that led to the attic fan. The fan was originally powered by a thermostatic a switch. Thermostat, sure. And must have went out. And so they just put in this wire at the switch to manually turn it on and off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, found it. When you, yeah, when you said six feet up, then I was like, that was the first place my head went was a, a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just kind of odd, but yeah. yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a lot of people talk about defects mm-hmm. in a home. And I know part of our paperwork on the real estate side actually gives a definition of a defect. And um, can you talk more about what a home inspector considers as a defect at part of the house? Yeah, it's that's actually something that's changed in the last year um, at a state level, at the legislative level, um, where it used to be that a home inspector should not call something a defect. And now, because of the mass confusion about what what is and what could, is could not. be yeah. addressed or what what was significant and what wasn't, now they 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 um, considered more you know, uh, details about the whole transaction and said, mm, let's, let's get this changed here. And so they, d- they decided to actually have that label, like it's our job now to consider it or to call it out as a defect. So, um, I used to have that definition memorized. <laughs> I don't anymore, but yeah. So in, in our reports, like I was talking about the different categories, we'll have a maintenance category where we have maintenance suggestions throughout the report. Here's how to take good care of your home. We'll have a safety category um, and and then a defect category, a positive attribute category, inquire further category. So back to your point as far as the defect, um, for me on, my, on the third page of my report, I'll have a comment key and definitions page and that'll explain the definition for every category. So in my reports, the defect category is defined exactly as the state defines it as what a defect is in a home. And every home inspection that's a legal home inspection has to have that from what I understand. That category, that, that, correct. The definition and mm-hmm. um, usually a summary page so mm-hmm. that it's clear to whomever is reading it that the home inspector is concerned about a defect being this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And for example, and every inspector is going to be a little different and every home inspection report is going to be a little bit different. Um, and as an example, um, before this change at the state level, my reports didn't say defect. They said repair or replace. Mm-hmm. And, and it was it was the same, really essentially the same definition. It was a component that wasn't working as it should um, or a component that simply was, you know, was worn out and needed replacement or repairs. Um, could be a structural issue or things like that. Um, but now, you know, per the state standards, then we have to have that category in the report that's actually a defect category. And I can see where that is really going to be beneficial um, for, you know, the real estate transaction. Yeah, especially when it's kind of more, a little bit more clear cut and dry mm-hmm. versus kind of like the maintenance kind of gets a little bit kind of muddled a little yeah. bit because they're like, okay, so the seller is going to fix this. Like, right. no, this is a maintenance item. So right. when you own your home, this is going to be something that you need to maintain mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Right. And as a home inspector, we do our best to kind of, there is a gray area. There, there, even now, even with the new definition, there's a gray area because, you know, I'll see a service door on a garage you know, where when you open it up, there's a little deterioration on the bottom corner because that's where it always happens, you know, where rain gets in over the years. And um, it's kind of a, a gray area and everybody sees, everybody's an individual. We all have, you know, different points of view and, and how we see things. And some guy can be a very, you know, very much of a perfectionist and see some deterioration and say, I want that door replaced. Um, or, but for me, I kind of draw that line like, well, you know, if it's a small repair, meaning a couple hundred dollars, um, it's a small repair. It's not, it's not, uh, 
a structural defect that's going to significantly alter the value of a home, or if it doesn't get replaced, it's going to continue to cause significant damage. It's not verbatim about what the defect definition is, but it's pretty close. Because mm-hmm. um, we know you guys can't comment directly on home value that's correct. on the real estate side. Right, right. right. We're not allowed to. Um, and I would say 50% of our customers will you know, ask that question. Well, do you think the home is worth it? And I'll say to them, I don't know how much the home is worth and I don't know how much you're paying for it. And I don't want to know how much you're paying for it. That's not my job, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. we get to, you get to hire other professionals that do know the value of homes. Well, and that's the, you know, the other kind of caveat to all this is on the home inspection, there's always a statement of inquire further. Yeah. You know, so you're looking at the electrical stuff. You're seeing the double tapping that's, mm-hmm. that's in there. You can recognize what a double tap is, mm-hmm. but you have to have a licensed electrician come in to take a look at it to really mm-hmm. confirm, hey, yes, that is double tapping. That is, a, that is mm-hmm. needing to have re- repaired. Correct. And I think a lot of the times the buyers are looking at this as you are the 100% official guru when it comes to a house. Oh, so, sure. you know, when it says, hi, you know, have a qualified contractor come in to mm-hmm. take a look at maybe some beams that, no, the home inspector said this, yeah. but the licensed contractor who works with beams on a daily basis is saying, yeah, this is a concern. Oh. We need to address this. So how, and, how do you word stuff so that way you're not scaring yeah. buyers and sellers of, oh my gosh, the house is falling down? Yeah. Um, good question. Um, and I've, I've actually just had an example of that from my afternoon inspection today, um, where speaking of the double taps and, um, for all of the people out there that don't quite understand what that is, when it comes to the circuit panel, where the, the circuit breakers are, um, some circuit breakers are designed to have a single wire going to that circuit breaker and other designs and companies, um, have it designed where you can have, um, two wires going to that cir- circuit breaker. Now, sometimes that's visible and very clear and evident to us, but now the one this afternoon, the angle of the wires and the angle of the connection just simply isn't visible to me. And um, I'm not about to reach in with some kind of a metallic mirror near electrical connections <laughs> to try to see behind everything. Oh, come on, live a little. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Um, um, for example, uh, uh, two different style circuit breakers, and um, they literally look identical, but mm-hmm. but except for that one section by the connection, um, and one can be double tapped and one can't be. And and we run into that often mm-hmm. when it comes to the double tapping of, oh, this one's double tapped, yeah. or we need to separate out the grounds and the neutrals. Mm-hmm. There's something with that. I am yeah. not a licensed electrician. Correct. I would not know. I mean, I can look at a panel and mm-hmm. go, that's kind of pretty. They did a nice job of making all the wires connect. Yeah. But what that all means, I have no clue. Right. And so the way we'll document it is that double tapping was observed in the panel. Um, I try to be a little more specific, whether it's on the right side or the, the third one from the top, if I can be. And then um, I'll just recommend that an electrician should evaluate it to determine if repairs are needed. Um, and I, I'll document it as a, a potential safety issue because we don't know for sure if it is or not. Well, and oftentimes we do have to remind our, our buyers who are looking at the report that the home inspector is a holistic inspector and they're not really specialized as a structural engineer or mm-hmm. a plumber, a pipe fitter, an electrician. Um, you, you know a lot about all the trades and how they work in the house. And mm-hmm. a lot of these common things that are obviously safety, um, some that aren't so obvious too, mm-hmm. but that's why we need other people. Um, and, 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 you know, specialties cost as well. Sure. Uh, we had some structural engineering done and, you know, just to look at it, it's like 500 bucks, mm-hmm. but they went to school for that specialty and yeah. they can give you exactly what's going on with it and, mm-hmm. and where it's at. Yeah. And to follow up on that, Ben, um, the state's real specific as far as what we're allowed to do. And that's why they specify 
that this that home inspection is a visual analysis of components that are easily accessible. Okay. Um, and a good example of that one, I had a furnace um, last week. And, you know, now is the time of year where people aren't really running their furnaces. Um, and so it's not uncommon. Um, I'll back up here a little bit. Uh, when you're running a furnace, the flames should be nice and blue in color and they shouldn't alter from, you know, um, one color to the next. They should just be blue and stay blue. Um, when you fire up a furnace in the middle of the summer, a lot of times you can get some dust in there and some dirt, um, just from not being used. And so I had fired it up, um, and it was just orange. And I mean, it was, it just an irregular flame. And I thought "Mm, maybe there's just some dust in there. And then it just went to perfect blue. And then, um, about 30 seconds later, it went back to orange. And then, and then it went back to blue and, um, and these are things where I, you know, I don't know the technical reason and they can start dismantling things. They can start testing certain components inside the furnace. Um, essentially what I'm hired to do is to find out, you know, is that furnace cycling properly through the firing stage? Is it staying fired? And, you know, um, are the flames proper? Um, is it producing, you know, airflow to the, you know, in the heat ducts? and things like that. But when it comes to actually analyzing exactly what's wrong, um, that's where we'll call the professional. So we see a visible concern and say, these flames have a, you know, an irregular flame color or an irregular flame pattern. And now we'll document appropriately so that we can get the professional in there to determine exactly what it is. And it could be something very simple, like a, like a simple service and a cleaning or it could be something significant where we're replacing a heat exchanger. And at that point, more often than not, they're replacing the furnace if, if they're replacing the heat exchanger. Now, when you do a home inspection, do you, we always try to tell the sellers to leave the home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, if mom is a little bit on the elderly side, she's, she's home. Mm-hmm. So how do you, when in those situations, will you still do the home inspection? If the sellers are like, I want to be there. I want to watch the guy go through the home. Is that okay? Or do you just really prefer that they are out of the home? I mean, we obviously it's like any industry and any job, you're always going to have your preferences Um, for us to be the most efficient and the best at what we're doing. it, It is to have that home to ourselves where we can just stay focused, not have to ask people to move because we're taking pictures and, you know, you know, I had again this morning, you know, the children were there and that's Mm -hmm. fine. I, you know, we work around that. We do our best. Um, but Hey, you know, then we have to, can you please move? I, you know, can you move to the other room and you have to be courteous Mm-hmm. And, you know, can you move to the other room? I need to take some pictures. And they were fine. They were very accommodating. And then you go to that room and they're in there and can you move to the next room? And I have to take pictures here. And, 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 and then oftentimes they're asking questions. And if I had all the time in the world, I would love to answer all their questions. Cause I really do like to educate people. Um, but we are on a limited time and we do so much in that time frame um, that it, it in order for us to do our job the best, it, it works out the best if we just have the place to ourselves. Cause there is just so much to do. And with the, oh, wait, yep. Go ahead. So, yeah. okay. Well, we're, we're going to waffle a little bit. Okay. Yeah. How long does it take to do a home inspection on average? So, um, with my company, we, under normal average circumstances, we allow a four hour, hour period. Um, so, um, we'll either do an eight to noon or a one to five time slot. Um, now there is a little variance in, in, well, there's a large variance in homes. So you could have a very old home that's going to need a significant amount of documentation. Um, or you could have a very large home that's just going to have, you know, five bathrooms and, you know, six bedrooms. I mean, it just, and it's obviously going to take longer. So for us, the, the, for me, the way I do my home inspections is I just allow that four-hour time slot. And if it's larger or if it's older, I just simply am working on the report at night. Okay. Um, it just takes – it just means I have – I get less documented on site 
and I spend more time on the inspection. Now, if it's, um, if it's what I would consider an average home, maybe, you know, 2000 square feet or 2,500 square feet, um, and fairly, you know, new meaning within the last, you know, 30 years or so, um, that's kind of what that time frame is, is set up for. And obviously if, if you're getting into the four and 5,000 square foot homes, then I do simply just add an hour or so. It depends. Sometimes there's three extra garages, mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's so many, there's so many variables, but typically we try to put it into that four hour time period. And then it's just a matter of how much documentation I get done on site or how much I have to do afterwards. And your last hour is always with the buyers. Mm -hmm. So they always come in the last hour. Yeah. Um, it's always the most, the most educational hour that they will ever have yeah. when they buy a home is yeah. that last, that last golden hour. Yeah. Because you, you walk them through everything. I do. And I think the one thing that I could say to the buyers is, and, and I love kids, so don't, please don't take this the wrong way. But one of the things that I, I run into is, um, mom and dad are trying to be mom and dad and they're trying to manage their kids and they don't have the capacity to take in the information that I feel is important mm -hmm. and the information that they're paying me to give them. Um, and, and, um, I, I want so, you know, I just want to be able to make sure they have a full understanding. So if it is possible to get a sitter or have grandma take care of them or something like that, um, it, you'll benefit greatly, um, you know, by, by being able to, uh, allow me to, to have your undivided attention. Of course. And I know a lot of times us as the agent representing the buyer, we like to be there too, um, so we get to hear the same thing that they do as well. And that helps understand the report when we get it back and, you know, we can help ex re-explain the things that, that you did, but it's just so much information and yeah. just a short amount of time. Right. Because I mean, I always enjoy that last, I always show up about 15 minutes before the buyers get there. So that way, if there's something that needs to be addressed, we can address it between the two of us yeah. and go, okay, yeah, this house has, you know, a situation where we're going to need to spend a little bit more time on this. Yeah. And this might, you know, this might be a deal breaker, mm -hmm. you know, so we get to have that conversation ahead of time. So that way when the buyers come, you know, we are already kind of, we're not the shell shock. Right. Right. We're like, okay, we got right, this. Right. This is it good. It gives you a little bit of, uh, of, yeah. A time. Cushion. So that way, if, yeah. you know, we do need to move children off to the side while you go talk to the parents, mm -hmm. you know, we can kind of finagle that mm -hmm. situation because, I know there's a lot of times I'll come and come in and I'll be like, okay, tell me how this is going mm -hmm. because we might see something Yeah. as we're walking through, as you're explaining it, it's like, okay, can we just take a little bit of time out here? And can you explain this a little bit further? Because mm -hmm. maybe this was a concern mm -hmm. when we were looking at the house the first time. So we want just a little bit more information about, you know, the bathroom situation. Is it really as bad as what we think it is? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if there it's, was a question in that one, but um, but yeah, I mean, we have that that little 15 minute time yeah. time frame, so that way Just you can recap things, a little recap bit. everything, mm -hmm. because and, you as an a, as an agent, you, you guys have a lot on your plate as far as facilitating. You know, if if something is important that needs to get fixed, um, and and how you know how that all gets addressed. I know a, a big thing is you know always the bowed basement walls. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that a lot of, okay, you know, is this really, is this a bad bow? Is this like mm -hmm. a semi, you know, do we need to start calling those contractors today? Right. So that way we can get someone in there to take mm -hmm. a look at this basement. Right. Right. And that's, um, that's probably something that's changed a little bit with the new definition because now it's kind of like, if it doesn't get, you know, repaired, um, will it continue to get worse? That type of a thing. So, there, those well, are, those are tricky situations. So, the house that we sold, we had that house pre-inspected before we listed it. Mm -hmm. So, you came over, you did the inspection, you noted that there was a bow in the basement wall, yeah, and two out of the four walls. Mm -hmm. And so, we immediately had the structural engineer come over. So, we had Lampert and Lee come over and take a look at the house. And they did all their mathematical calculations whatsoever. And they told us the house, the wall was perfectly straight. 
according to their variance as far as when the house was built okay. and the amount of settling that mm-hmm. they allowed per year. Okay, wow. The wall was straight. Uh, according to Plum. According to Plum. According to Plum. So, so there is obviously, yes, a visual... Um, slight s- movement. ...situation that, mm-hmm. that you noted, and it was right on, but it wasn't out of these specification variants sure. that the engineer considered away from Plum. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he had a big, long level and, and... Yeah, he spent three hours at the house stuff. looking at cool. every single wall and everything, and he's like, house is Plum. Mm-hmm. There's no bow in this wall. He goes... I'm like, okay, so you can see that it, he goes, according to my calculations, your wall is perfectly straight. And we're like, wow. good, let's get that in writing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Let's get that in writing. And that's, and that's so interesting too, because there are variances um, um, with that. And even like for a poured concrete wall, a lot of people don't realize like the, uh, the, there's actually a tolerance level for cracks mm-hmm. and that, that they have for whether it's a shrinkage crack or, um, I mean, you could get a quarter in in that crack, and it's still considered an acceptable tolerance. Um, so a lot of people will get um, concerned. And yes, you know, of course, I if there's a crack, I always point it out because I want people to understand that yes, I'm seeing these things. Um, but often it's just simply a, a shrinkage crack um, that's just very common for concrete. You had mentioned um, the detail that you put into a report. And us on the agent side, it's so helpful, you know, like you said, uh, an electrical panel that you saw the double tap breakers on the upper right-hand side of the panel. Because when we call the electrician, we can say, okay, it's just, you know, noted it specifically on the upper right-hand. Or when there's like three electrical panels, Uh because we've got one in the house, you got a sub panel, and then you have one in the garage that's attached. Yeah. And some inspectors will just go panel. Great. There's three of them. Which one of the three would we want right. to pick today? So, I mean, right. it's really great that, you know, your reports, you, you name them yeah. of whether or not it's in the basement in the North corner versus, you know, the South corner, wherever that extra panels are. Yeah. So it's very nice and detailed. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, that actually kind of reminds me, um, coming back to my name, um, a couple of years into the industry, um, I really, became pretty passionate about uh, the tea and royalty also kind of representing um, the, the, the word team. And my favorite acronym for team is together everyone accomplishes more. Mm-hmm. And especially after I was trained and coached um, by Richard Ida, um, I constantly as I'm filling out my reports, I think of you guys, because I really consider myself to be on a team, even though I am hired to be an objective expert. I still understand that we're all professionals working on a team to find, to help people find their homes. Mm -hmm. Like that, you know, you have your, your, your appraiser, you have your, your lender, you have your real estate agent, you have your home inspector. We're all professionals working on a team together. At least I hope so. One of the really great things too, is if we're showing a home and something comes up, we notice something, you know, I'll take a picture of it and I'll Mm -hmm. send it to you going, Mm -hmm. Kyle, can you explain this to me? Yeah. You know, I'm seeing this. Should, should we be, you know, What's going on with this? What yeah. is this is situation? Is this a concern? Yeah. Isn't it? You know, can I see it just from the picture or <laughs> right. do I need to stop in? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I also, um, I think one of the other misconceptions that I would love to take the time to clear up is- awesome. take the time. Is as a licensed home inspector, and this might get a little dicey. I don't know if people really truly can understand this or grasp this, but- a lot of times buyers think that I'm working in favor of them and I'm not, I'm not hired to work in favor of them. I am hired to work objectively. So I don't work for, I work for the buyer, Mm -hmm. but I don't work in favor of them. And so, um, over the years I've had people say, well, can you put this in your report? And can you put that in a report? Number one, I have standards that I have to adhere to. Right. And 
I have to determine whether that's a concern. You may be concerned about it and then you would have to, they would have to, you know, bring their concerns to their real estate agent. Um, but I can't work in favor of either party. I'm hired to provide a perfectly objective home inspection report and analysis of the home. So I don't think that's, you know, that a lot of people see it that way. Um, I think they do. Or, um, I can kind of see both sides of the coin because sure. sellers can look at it and going, well, he's just trying to get it so that way we can knock some money off right. of the house Correct. and they can get the house for less. Correct. And then the buyer is also kind of looking at it going, okay, well, maybe he's really trying to protect us from buying a house that could have the potential of becoming a money pit. Mm-hmm. Or if the seller has it pre-inspected, the buyer is looking at it going, well, they're trying to hide something right. because, you know, they exactly. paid off the... That's a fantastic point, Ben. Yeah. 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 And so that's why we're hired as um, objective professionals to not be, you know, we're neutral. We're a neutral third party professional to come in and document the condition of the home that you're interested in buying or the condition of the home that you're selling. Right. We always, with some sellers, we always suggest having a home pre-inspected before they list. Mm -hmm. Because if we find out as we're talking to, to buyer or to the sellers and they're concerned of the what if, well, what if this would happen? Well, what if that would happen? You know, would, would a buyer find this to be unfavorable? We always then kind of do the, why don't you have the house Mm pre-inspected? You can pick your home inspector. He can go through, they're going to go through it in four hours, crawling every single nook and cranny, and they're going to look at your home Mm -hmm. and they can tell you what their thoughts are. And then you as a seller have that option to go, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer, I had the house pre-inspected. This is what my home inspector has found. And if that buyer goes, that's really great. I'm glad that she had Kyle do it, but maybe I want to have someone else take a look at it too. Right. Or maybe they're going to call Kyle and say, hey, you did this home inspection. Can I get a review of this? Yeah. So that way I understand this because if you don't hear what the home inspector has to say, right. words on the paper can be yeah. can be hard to understand. Yeah. That certainly was fun having Kyle on the show. We are going to have to have him back. We definitely are. It is always great to talk with Kyle. All right. Thanks for listening and have a great Central Wisconsin day. Bye-bye.